0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars.
2: Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated
3: by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain
4: audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV
5: can bring your space to life.
6: By side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Morena, New Zealand, good morning to you this Friday, May the 27th. Yeah, we're heading into uh, a great weekend, uh, a crunch weekend, particularly in uh, Super Rugby, of course. Because we're getting to the pointy end of the season. Uh, And that's what we're going to start with this morning. Uh, We're going to talk to Marty Banks very shortly. But throughout the morning, we're going to focus on uh, women's cricket. Very big morning for New Zealand women's cricketers. Contract day uh, for them as well. Uh, Brent Matahari, who's a Otago Nuggets head coach, and uh, Greyhound Racing uh, this morning, our interview's going to be with Arch Lawrence, excuse me, I'm going to cough, and I shouldn't be doing that, right, okay, (coughs) Marty Banks is with us um, on the line, and uh, it wasn't a great weekend last Sunday for the Highlanders, I think it's fair to say, (coughs) Uh, they lost to the um, Waratahs Uh, It was a little bit unexpected, I think. Uh, And now, of course, they're off to face the Rebels in Melbourne this Sunday. And all of a sudden, it becomes very important uh, because they've got to win. Um, And the Western Force will play just kick-off just before them. If they were to win, um, it would be against the odds. But if they were, they would go ahead of uh, the Highlands as, as simple as that. So I think... It's almost playoff rugby. Uh, we're joined by Marty Banks, Is about to hop on a plane, actually, so we'd better make this pretty brief. Uh, Marty, thanks for your time this morning. Uh, not such a good weekend last uh, last weekend, Sunday. What's, what's been the focus during the week, mate?
7: Yeah, uh, good morning, Smitty and, and listeners. Um, I've actually just put the whole uh, plane on hold just for. I know Smitty's on the line, so um, it's not to five <laughs> minutes. Uh, put it at both five minutes. But um, yeah, it wasn't pretty last week, mate. We're well aware of that. And um, the whole week, we sort of sort of reviewed um, the fact that we didn't go that well. Um, we just, physically, we weren't there. Um, we started well. The boys um, strung 15 phases to get it at the start of the game and scored a really good try. But from that point on, um, we sort of just switched off. Um, the Harrop came out and um, dominated us physically for the rest of that game. And obviously, we got that red card for 20 minutes there, which didn't help. But, um, you know, I think for most parts of that game, we were outplayed. Um, mainly due to our commitment to um, just winning that physical battle. So that's been a massive work on this week, and we know we're no going over to play the Rebels. Um, we sort of disregarded the fact that uh, the Hurricanes are playing the force before us, and we're sort of, like you say, we're going and treating this like a playoff game because essentially it is. If um, we go and win it, we're in. Um, it's definitely destiny in our own hands sort of set up, but we don't want to sort of leave it up to chance that um, we need the Hurricanes to be the force tonight for. So, you know, we're going over there to um, really rip in Um, we had a reality reality check um, when we came into training and had a bit of an honest session with each other and um, sort of we know where we need to get to and we know last week wasn't good enough so we're um, definitely striving to be a lot better than that.
3: When you look at physicality, Marty, I've often been fascinated by this. Does that mean uh, Brownie and those guys just make you hit tackle bags and things uh, and just remind you about physicality or, or is it more a mental approach at this stage of the season?
7: Yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't bash each other up. I think it was, um, yeah, like you said, the mental side of it. Um, we are probably just slightly off mentally, um, and all it takes at this level is that 5% off, and um, the Waratahs were obviously going really well, so they got their tail up and, and got stuck into us. So we you just slightly off, it um, doesn't take much to have two sort of or three tries, put up the backside, and um, you're under the pump then. So, yeah, it definitely wasn't a beat-us-up session um, this week. It was more just trying to get the headspace right and, and make sure that we're um, tuned in to what we need to do um, from kick-off on Sunday.
3: Uh, so Sam's gone, Sam Gilbert's gone for the remainder of the season. I think that was pretty obvious uh, as he was trudging off uh, the stadium that that was going to happen. Uh, and uh, that leaves it up to yourself uh, and, and Mitch Hunt, I think, to be the pivots for the remainder of the season. Uh, so you must be looking forward to that, that opportunity, mate. You've been around a long, long time, but uh, playoff-type rugby is what, what it's all about, isn't it?
7: Yeah, I think it's um, obviously Sammy took it pretty hard he's he's actually a really good guy and um, you know, he's devastated when he came off, I sat beside him on the bench and um, you know, he's pretty remorseful for what he did, it's sort of out of nature um, for him, so you know, he's he's done it pretty tough this week, um, but the boys got round him and made sure he's all good and um, I'm sure Sammy will learn from it but um, yeah, I think pretty exciting, Um, you know it is, like you say, that playoff sort of type of footy now, so um, it's sort of you win and you stay in, um, you lose you go on pretty much. So, I think that, that's the exciting part about footy. You know, um, every week you're to be on, on edge and operating at 100%. So, I've got a great bunch of boys around me, um, a great nine that's world class that take a lot of pressure off me too. So, I think it's just vital that I just do my role and, and don't try and do too much more than that. And um, you know, I think when we get our game going, it's in a good place and when we're shifting the ball and and moving the teams around the park, um, we look really good doing it. So we've just got to stick to that and just play Highlanders footy and and not get uh, too strung down with the fact that, um, you know, there is a bit of pressure in terms of results uh, from this point on.
3: Relatively uh, new uh, centre pairing because of uh, availability of players, etc. And we do get a lot of chopping and changing throughout a a super season, of course. Tell us a wee bit about the combination just outside you, the Thomas Umunga-Jensen-Josh-Timu combination.
7: Yeah, it's uh, good to have someone like Thomas outside you. He's a big boy. Um, had him running at me most of the year when I was holding the tackle bag, so it's nice to have him um, outside me to give the ball to. And um, Josh Teaming mate, he's a, he's a skillful young player. He's uh, elusive, um, comes from a good uh, good family line, and, um, you know, he's just an athlete. Like, he's got a work rate of an absolute horse, and, um, you know, he just goes all day. And then Thomas compliments him. Um, JT by just his strength and the lines he runs, and you know Thomas is really growing into his position. He's still young, um, got a lot to learn, but you know he's an exciting talent to, to have in the in Highlanders the set up. So yeah, the two boys they would have played a bit of rugby together through the years too. So um, you know they're a, they're a great bunch of bunch to have outside me, and um, we've got a couple of good outside backs too that um, hopefully we can get the ball to as well.
3: As you sit at 10, or uh, stand at 10, and you look at the guys inside you, okay, Aaron Smith is a given, we know all about Aaron Smith, um, perhaps the, great, <clears throat> the greatest nine in the, uh, in the world, if not the, uh, the greatest, certainly in the top two uh, in the world at the moment, then you get a young guy like a fellow, Fokitava, who's just starting out, um, t- tell us a wee bit about the difference between them.
7: Yeah, I guess Nuggie, you know, like, you can pretty much close your eyes and he just takes control of the ship and... Um, you know sort of what you're going to get. He's just so detailed. He's so accurate in everything he does. And, you know, everything he does is for the team. And he's, uh, you know, you can sort of just take your hands off the steering wheel a bit with, um, with Nuggie. And, and then you look at Lau and he's just such a raw talent, mate. He's at training. He's putting people on islands and leaving them for dead um, around the rock. And, you know, he's just so elusive and strong as anything. Like, he's probably one of the stronger nines I've played. And obviously, he's not very tall, but... You know, he comes flying out of the line to put hits on props and, you know, his mindset is just to really, you know, go at everything 100%. And so there are obviously two different nines, but I think Falao's learning a lot of Aaron of um, around game management and just how to manage the manage the team as well. So, you know, Falao's got that X factor that a lot of heap of players have got and, uh, you know, we sort of want to just let him do his thing. So when he comes on, he's sort of he's got to let him take the reins a little bit and when he sees opportunity, he's just had his, had his crack but uh, you know, so I think Darren and, and Flair are sort of a good one-two punch um, Nuggy sets the game up and then Lau comes on and, and does his thing, so I think over the time, the more Lauer um, sits alongside Nuggy, I think he'll just tend into a World Class 9 as well
3: Daniel Leonard brown uh, 100th appearance uh, this weekend becoming the ninth player to do it for the franchise, very special
7: yeah, Dan, he's, uh, he's a great man too. He's, uh, I've known him for years, so it's pretty cool. He obviously played his 100 games the other week for Super Rugby, but um, I noticed 100 games for the Highlanders means a lot to him, and he's just walking over now to, to go to the toilet, I think. So um, Better not talk too much about him. He might get a big head, but, you know, the boys love him, and he's actually playing some unbelievable footy this year, and, um, you know, he's getting stuck into his carry, stuck into his D. As a prop, loves the scrummaging, so, you know, he's, uh, he's a real important cog to our team, so it's awesome to see DLB going really well, and um, obviously 100 games, it's, it's not easy to achieve, uh, I'm still chipping away down near 50, so, got a long way to go, and a few more great years, I think, so, um, but, you know, I'm stoked for DLB, he's uh, just a great person, I think, uh, deserves everything he gets tomorrow night.
3: Where are we, uh, where are we at with Shannon, Shannon Frazel?
7: Um, to the best of my knowledge, I think he is playing some club footy this weekend. Obviously, he's been away for quite a few weeks with, with his injury. So, um, yeah, as far as not, as far as I'm aware, he's playing some club footy this weekend. And then,
8: all
7: going well, he'll be available next week. But, obviously, I'm not the coach, so I did not speak out of turn too much. But I think that's the plan.
3: How much uh, work have you been able to do on uh, the Rebels for this weekend uh, in terms of your strategies, your kicking strategies, etc.? Um, what what uh, kind of background work have you been able to do, Be- bearing in mind there's probably quite a lot of footage of them available at this stage of the competition?
7: Yeah, I think nothing really changes. I think from team to team we've, we've got our plans and I think we've just got to stick to them and, and nail them to the best of our ability. And, um, I think yeah, like the key one for this week we talked about earlier was just that mental space and just making sure we're mentally there, um, to physically win the uh, to win the physical battle. Sorry, and um, I think the rest takes care of itself after that. I think you know we're smart enough to manage the game coming out of our half, and we just got to do it more efficiently so um, we can get our big boys into the game um, inside the rebels' half, so we can play some attacking footy. Um, and I think that's just the key. I think obviously we can preview the rebels and and identify a few things, but um, our kicking plans are pretty similar most weeks and. Obviously changed a little bit team to team, but as such it's pretty straightforward sort of stuff. And then saving our energy a bit to get our big boys into the game.
3: All going well, uh, Marty, this weekend. Um, you've probably got an appointment with the Blues at Eden Park. Um, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say just one day at a time, Smithy. We can't look past the Sunday. But you've got to, um, I, I, I do as well, and I think a lot of people are, the prospect of going up there. I mean, Otago teams in the past don't mind that, that trick.
7: Yeah, oh, I guess, obviously, the Blues locked at the top, aren't they? And I would give you the cliché answer there, mate, like, like I should. But, you know, obviously, if it happens, it happens. But, yeah, it's like it's obviously, the Garden of Eden... Um, home of rugby as such in New Zealand. So if we end up getting to play the quarter final up there, that'd be pretty exciting. So but like you say, it's one game at a time, mate. So hopefully get rid of Sunday and, and uh, put in a good performance there. And that gives us the opportunity to go up. But definitely not getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't sort of looked too far forward. Um, just sort of focusing on this, this Rebels game and making sure we nail that, I think, uh, is vital. And that'll set us up well if we do progress.
3: So, uh, after this competition is over uh, for the Highlanders, when, whenever, wherever, Marty, what's, what's on, the, on the radar for you? Hopefully a bit of golf, mate. Hopefully a little bit of sunny. <laughs> sunny down
7: in St. Edun, but it's slim and cold at the moment. So, it's actually, I think it was minus one when we got to the airport. So, um, beautiful blue skies, but freezing. So, need to go work on my tan somewhere, mate. So, somewhere up north or yeah. maybe to an island for a, a week. But then I'll get back down to beautiful Imbicago and get stuck into some... Um, some winter
3: winter rugby, I guess, for the stags there. That'd be interesting, you watching you tan, mate. That'd be an interesting process, oh, I think it's fair <laughs> to a, say. It's more, hey, hey, burn, look.
7: It's, more a, it's more of a burn. <laughs>
3: yeah. hey, the, other, the other aspect about uh, what you're interested in, of course, is horse ownership. You've got a stake in Bode's Will. What's the plan for the gilding? Um, yeah. Are you giving him a, a bit of a spell? What's what's, what's in line for the horse, mate?
9: Yeah,
7: Bode's is... Uh, He's been a tricky customer he, uh, He's had a bit of trouble with his hooves um, He sort of came back from the New Zealand Cup uh, last year And was sort of rearing to go And we were pumped up to, send him to the Sydney Cup And he came out and didn't perform that well at all He sort of had a few average runs And we couldn't really work out why And it turned out he's got some problems with his hooves So um, we've sent him out to get fixed And he's come back and still not quite right So he's gone back out So I think uh, we had a dream run there with, with no sort of time off for him Other than planned time off and now we're sort of experiencing the, the vet bills and all the rest of it. But he'll be back. I think he's he's ready to go. He just needs to sort of speed out and, and then we'll uh, target something. Hopefully another New Zealand Cup uh, run will be nice.
3: Well, Marty, it's been great catching up, mate. Uh, the life and times of Marty Banks. We need an update every now and then, and we've got one now. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, travel safely. Travel safely to Melbourne. Beat those Rebels. Beat those Rebels. And uh, then we can look forward to some real playoff footy, mate. All the best. Travel well.
7: Yeah. Sorry mate, I thought it might have been a bit uh, static coming through with uh, got every man in the dog looking at me, giving me the bird and uh, mainly my teammates so I'm looking like a bit of a clown here, sitting on the beanbag in, in the airport sort of chatting away so they probably think I'm talking to myself to be fair so um, cheers for having me mate um, and yeah, hopefully we uh, go over and get the job done this weekend.
3: Yeah, good on you. We're behind you. Good on you. Marty Banks there, folks, uh, um, on his way as we speak, uh, uh, although they're in delay by the sounds of it. Uh, Looking to get to uh, Melbourne, of course, for that appointment with the Rebels on Sunday. It's the last say, it's the last game of uh, the round-robin part of uh, Super Rugby this year, and it's a meaningful game, particularly if the force get up and beat the Hurricanes. That would be uh, against the odds, but have they got one terrific performance in them at home, Perth, Maybe they have. Uh, Might be quite scary, that one, that prior proposition. And the Highlanders might absolutely have to win um, that game to get through to that uh, eighth position. And that is certainly an appointment with the Blues at Eden Park. It is 9.18 here on SENZ. We'll be back shortly. We've got a couple of texts uh, already in. Uh, rugby ones uh, and then of course uh, more details about uh, when you're going to phone us and you are i hope going to phone us after 9:30 this morning because we're sticking a hundred dollars worth of chemist warehouse voucher for grabs for you a hundred dollars it's quite simple really there's been so much conjecture about this captaincy this number seven role uh, it might just uh, might just really follow on the, the all black number seven might be the all black captain if you look at the candidates be pretty close anyway so uh, i need your opinions really 0800 150 0800 150 just after the 9 30 news we shall open up the lines you can win that 100 bucks uh, from the chemist warehouse but but also um who's your number seven and why who is your number seven and why and if you don't have a theory about your captain as well you can chuck that in too, because we're getting we're getting close. Once you start playoff rugby and super rugby, uh, that's when the All Black Selectors really start uh, taking notice of what's going on and making their plans going forward. We'll be back soon.
1: For making Polaris New Zealand's number one
6: selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: A couple of uh, texts have come in early this morning. Uh, Smithy, what's outrageous about DLB, which is Daniel uh, Leonard-Brown, of course, playing his 100th super game for the Landers. Uh, He's playing the best rugby of his career, but he doesn't have a contract for next year. I can see the Crusaders or the Blues offering him a deal, even as a bench player, offers a lot of experience and skill. No doubt about that. Actually, a very fine footballer, Daniel Leonard-Brown. You don't get to play 100 games of super rugby if you're a mug, do you? He is a terrific footballer. Uh, and he's been a great servant for the Highlanders. And yes, I totally agree. As you look for more experience in those key areas, the drop-off in props is is quite amazing as you, you look at uh, the uh, attrition rate around the country. So uh, if the Highlanders don't uh, readdress that and, and re-sign him, certainly um, you'll be in a situation where he will be um, uh, taken by somebody. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, Tony's come in with um, some sad news today, and it is the fiery flanker Red Conray passed away yesterday, aged 87. Uh, he made the ultimate sacrifice of lopping off a finger to make the All Black Touring Squad to South Africa in 1960. He played three tests on that tour, made the All Blacks again when South Africa came to New Zealand in 65, playing all four tests. Pint-sized flanker at 175, my height, and 85 kilos, considerably lighter, uh, ringing wet, uh, RIP Red. So uh, I did some a little bit of homework. I'd heard of uh, Red Conway, actually uh, Richard James Conway, Known as Dick Red Conway. Uh, he debuted for the All Blacks in '59, uh, playing the second touring test against uh, the Lions. The first test had resulted in a New Zealand win, but was described as New Zealand's saddest victory by the press due to the Lions outscoring the home team four tries to none, and of course the All Blacks kicking lots of penalties. Uh, he actually, how yeah, did he lose that finger? Well, this is how a persistent finger injury incurred from him playing as a softball catcher put Conway's 1960 tour of South Africa in doubt. The damage occurred to his third finger on his right hand after it was broken while trying to catch a foul ball. After the break mended, the finger retained a kink and he was told by a specialist that if he kept playing rugby, the finger would keep breaking. Uh, To keep his spot on the tour, he decided to amputate the finger after the final selection trial. They bred them tough back in those days, didn't they? My goodness me. Uh, So, yeah, Red Conway. uh, Sad news, uh, passing away yesterday at the age of uh, 87. Uh, we've got uh, some uh, calls coming in. Actually, we might take... Uh, shall we take a call, uh, Joey? Shall we make a corporate decision to take a call? We've got um, uh, Dino. Uh, Dean from Dunedin, of course. We've got um, others lighting up the boards as well. But, Dean, uh, you, you get first uh, crack this morning. What's on your mind, mate, as we head into the news? Uh,
10: honestly, I, I think the blueprints there by the Crusaders and the Blues are following the same blueprint as the All Blacks. Like, why... You'd name a team like that when winning's infectious. For me, losing's contagious. They want to go keep winning. Like they're, they're, I don't understand how they need a rest. Like It just does my head. And the Crusaders will play the same team four weeks in a row now. They've got a bit of an issue at open side flanker. Clearly, they're struggling to see who to put there. But um, here's one from left field. How did Severe Reese get that cauliflower? Yeah, put him on the side of the scrum. They've got a heap of wingers. I reckon he'd go great. He's a great defender. But I don't know. And the, as for the Hollanders... The, God, do they deserve it to be hand on heart? No, no they don't. And the force of playing, a good brand of rugby, it's good to watch. I wouldn't be too disappointed if they went to Eden Park and gave them a carry-up. But it, like I said the other day on the radio, I think, I think for me the final will be the Crusaders Chiefs. So I disagree with you, Smithy. I think the Blues have had to played their top team. Yep, they might have got there. But wrestling, rotation, I've seen that cycle on a washing machine break too often for my liking.
3: Mm, absolutely, uh, Dino. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, um, uh, Marty Banks are at pivot, uh, of course. Uh, no Sam Gilbert and Mitch Hunt on his way back. So uh, it's, I, I guess, needs must, really. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not insulting Marty Banks here, but um, clearly uh, number three in the thinking uh, up until the last couple of weeks.
10: Well, if I was coach, he would have been at 10 once Mitch Hunt. I don't know what happened there. Like, I thought Mitch at the start of the year would go close to being possibly a backup All Black pen because he's playing, you know, he's playing rugby, but whether the press got to him and he just couldn't concentrate, I don't know. But Marty, for me, would have started the last five games and Gilbert would be a at fullback all day. Like, that kid, will he will, I believe he'll be an All Black Gilbert. He's, he's tough, he's aggressive, and he's got all the skill set. Like, if they're going to spend all that time on Rico Ioane to try and coach Vision, I think mean, it's quite a hard thing to coach Vision. I mean, kicking a ball, catching a ball, those sort of things you can coach, but Vision, you either got it or you haven't. He wants to lock it under his wing and under his wing and run. Good on him for that. But, yeah, Gilbert, he should have been a fullback for me. And he gets a five-week stand down for something that was a bit dumb. But good on Hooper. He would have been in his ear. He knows how good he is. That's why he wound him up. I guarantee it. That's, that's how good Hooper is. Get in his ear. And the young kid, he won't do that again. He'll learn from it. Good on him. But five weeks, I would have given him one week and see, let him play the finals and see how good he is if the Highlanders are good enough to make it. With him at 15 and Marty at 10... I think they could have. But the selection's all through. Oh, yeah, just defied logic to me. Like, you've got Ethan Groot a prop. You play the Crusaders, you put him in the reserve. Surely he wants to have a go at incumbent All Blacks. Like, I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand what they're thinking. Maybe it's just those Stags and not Otago players. I think that's why I hate them.
3: <laughs> and the real truth comes through, Dino. Thank you very much for your call, mate. Um, you've kicked off our phone lines this morning. Uh, you're in the drawer uh, for the Chemist Warehouse Voucher for $100, uh, and that uh, includes everyone now. So uh, get on the phone, uh, 0800 150811. My real subject today is number seven. Um, number seven for the All Blacks. Who is your number seven and why? Uh, justify why you'd have them at seven, at, um, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, assess those calls and uh, dish out some product at the end of it. It's time for the news, though. It is uh, Aroa time.
11: Talk back time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's 50 dollar Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811.
3: Today's voucher is actually $100. $100. It's 9.33 here on SENZ. And we've got Bruce on the line from Christchurch. Good morning to you, Bruce. Uh, What is on your mind today?
5: Two points. Um, I was quite um, sad to hear about Amy Satiswate, uh not being put in the main squad and, and, and naming her retirement. She's had an amazing uh, tenure and career and so on, but, but the hard facts is she had a very disappointing World Cup this year. She did not feature uh, in the top 15, I believe, batting or bowling stats. Um, and when she did perform against India, I think she had a 75 and 40-odd against Australia. Her run rate was actually really slow for her. Um, and, and the team, unfortunately, didn't kick on. And, and that was one of the underlying possible reasons um, where she has normally performed. But she, I believe she will still play again. This will probably make her more determined if she's keen to. But yeah, well,
3: I was just going to say, Bruce, she does say uh, that's it for her. Um, and, you know, uh, quite often, and it seems they're pretty resolute about her not being part of it. So um, uh, she's going to play domestic cricket for Canterbury. Of course, if she has a vintage season for Canterbury, they might rethink it. Uh, she's also got a contract overseas as well to play in England. So it's not like she's not going to play cricket, but. Um, Man, that's a lot of experience down the gurgler, uh, to me anyway. I mean, uh, just just worries me a wee bit that one.
5: Yeah, but the facts are there. I, I've read them against the knee, and I watched every game, like yep. you probably did. So, um, yep. there was something not quite right there. The spark wasn't quite there. I just don't know uh, for such a wonderful um, previous performer. That's right. um, cool. Yep. Okay, you're number seven, sir. Um, yep. There's such a thing as, um, what's the word? A second go, redemption, um, uh, put things right again. I looked at that team that played at the Aviva Stadium uh, last year, and it was a pretty well-stacked team. Um, I'm quite happy to put Dalton Popolehi back in at number seven. I believe he's mm. a, a a much more... Astute performing player He has done it all this year For the Blues He's led by example He is quite a strong Fit unit And He Will be up for it I believe At a packed Eden Park Not Not a Not an end of year um, Sort of uh, Team squad That were probably tired And facing a, a Rampant Irish crowd Out for blood So I'm quite happy to put him there, and we'll have, as long as Whitelock is the captain, um, Severe will be there, and I'd like to have Ethan Blackadder again as well. So, RD at A, Ethan on the side. They're all performing outstandingly well.
3: Okay, Bruce, thank you very much for your call. Um, You're in the draw, absolutely. John from uh, Auckland. Good morning, John.
8: Yeah, yeah uh, Bruce made some good points there. I, I totally go, mm. totally agree. I think um, Papali'i has deserved uh, his start for the number seven jersey in the All Blacks team. I think um, Sam Kane's been injured for a little too long. I mean, he's more than capable of leading this All Blacks team, but I think I heard you yesterday say that Adi Savia should be captain, and I totally agree with you. If you want one person to lead um, that port pack, it's Adi Savia. And then you look at Dalton Papaliti. He's like a um, a loose forward from South Africa. mate. he's about 115 kg, six foot six. So you know you want an open side that's big, industrious like himself. Um, also, just, just going back on this this Blues team, the second string Blues team. If you actually look at that team, there's a lot of under twenty All Blacks in that team, and that that second string team is just as strong as some of those Super Rugby teams going around. So I don't think it's going to be an easy. Easy win for the Waratahs, mate. There's still Romano's leading that team. you got Nepal Lala there. And um, lastly, on, on the Canes, because these are the only games that concern me at the moment, um, I think this is probably, this could define their season only because they could lose to the Western Force. Um, so they're going to have to turn up. Barrett's not there. I know you've got a, a stake in this Hurricanes team, mate. Um, so does half the uh, Sky commentary team. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not too sh- I'm not too sure if they can beat the force, mate. I really I'm just looking here, going, man, the force have nothing to lose. So yeah, that's my five cents. Thank you, Smitty. Good on you, John. I
3: appreciate your call this morning. You're in the draw, of course. Uh, yeah, well, well, I like the, I like the Hurricanes. Nisbo likes the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, Richie from Upper Hutt probably likes the Hurricanes as well. Richie, good morning to you.
12: Yeah, unfortunately, Smitty, I have to follow them. (laughs) Legency and all that. Um, I just want the White So I've seen the list come out. Yeah, yeah, they've clearly put the um, broom and sort of swept aside a lot of the older players. We knew about Amy, um, but Leah's gone as well. And I have to commend her yesterday from all the interviews that I saw with Leah next to her wife. She was. It was all about Amy, but yeah, Leah would have known as well that she wasn't getting a contract. Um, final death nail for Lee Castlewitz, mm. a player that does play T20s, and that's what our focus is now. Another in they're investing in the young Klimmer and Carson from Otago and Auckland. And that's so.
3: Yeah. Well, what interests me? We're talking to. Um, Uh, Brian Stronick uh, after 10 this morning um, uh, Once this uh, particular portion of the show is over We've got a little segment coming up Where I will announce uh, Those 17 contracted players But Richie, you're dead right Uh, It is a broom There's no doubt about it Um, And a a couple have survived uh, One of which, uh, Susie Bates I just wonder about how how they uh, look at her World Cup Uh, I mean, to me, um, it was... Not that good by her standards either, but uh, she has survived in that group. Uh, but the broom has gone through probably the biggest broom I've seen go through a a World Cup squad when it's finished without them uh, without them cleaning themselves out. I mean, only Katie Martin retired of her own volition. Now there's decisions to be made by the others as well. Richie, thank you very much for your call. Uh, you're online as well. Dax from Christchurch. Dax, good morning to you.
12: Good morning, Ian. How are you?
3: Look, I'm just uh, fantastic, mate. I really am. Uh, What's on your mind?
12: You're always a glass uh, half full-topper guy. Um, Look, you're much closer to the action to me. It's interesting just that talk about the cricket where there's some parallels there. Um, As far as the All Blacks go, I I think you've probably got to decide what sort of rugby you're going to play before you you pick your players. Um, They were Mm. reasonably well beaten at the last World Cup and there are a lot of those players still... Hanging around, it seems to me maybe that the the there's been a shift towards maybe the northern hemisphere. There's more. There's three probably really strong teams there. Obviously, led White, France, and South Africa. Their Super Rugby teams now play in the competitions um, up there. and they're not not exactly on the top of those competitions, and they don't play against the French or the English teams. Um, so I guess. Maybe it's they've just got to decide whether they're going to match fire with fire because they're going to need some big boppers to match that or they'll go perhaps down a more Laurie Mains type of um, approach and just run or try and run them off their feet. i am be interested to see what your thoughts on whether there's a, a merit in, um, in that argument about choosing which side you're going to play, whether you're going
10: to match them or whether you're going to go around them.
3: Well, if you can't, I mean, have you got the, the power? Have you got the strength? Have you got the physicality to match them? Um, or, as you say, Dex, do we go round them? They often say, what, you've got to win it up front first, don't they?
12: Yeah, and that obviously determines who your players are. And going back to that, parallel with the cricket, maybe um, maybe it's a little bit too late to have that clean out now. But, yeah, interesting times.
3: Interesting times is, right, is dead right, Dex. Thank you very much for your call. Tully. Tully from the Bay of Plenty. Good morning, Tully.
13: Yeah, good morning, Smiley. How are, good morning. How are
3: you? Yeah, I'm damn good, mate. Yourself?
13: Yeah, good. Brilliant. Beautiful day here in the Bay. Um, just, yeah, number seven, All Black. Um, you'd have to start at the moment with Dalton Popper Lee, um, you know, because he's playing so well, and he's bringing all that vigour and energy. Um, but it's exciting because it just gives you a bit of around gives you a chance to play a really big raw bone number eight again and then having yeah uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah
3: you there yeah yeah I'm listening to you mate carry on
13: yeah yeah having Arie uh to bring on later in the game or to cover multiple positions um, Sam Kane just you know at the moment as much as we love him he's um, just a yard or two off the pace and it also gives you an opportunity for uh, Ethan Blackadder to be in the mix once again to cover multiple positions.
3: So, in essence, what you're saying is that you think the, the loose forward area is quite healthy. Artie off the bench is an interesting one for me. Uh, Tully, I've got to say, I'd never really considered. I always thought Artie was an 80-minute man, but you think more off the bench, yeah?
13: Well, you know... He is an 80-unit man, but you've got such a strong finisher in Artie, you know. You know know what you're going to get out of him. But um, also, you know, these tests are going to just start with a hiss and a roar against Ireland. You know that. So why not put the young guy in a battle and then have the old dog come in and finish it all?
3: Nice theory, Tully, nice theory. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for that. Uh, You're in the draw as well for our our Chemist Warehouse Voucher uh, for $100 this morning. We'll take a short break um, and uh, we might be able to take another call or two after that. Um, If not, um, thank you for your participation this morning uh, to everybody. 9.44 here on SENZ.
1: New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side by side brand. Summer
6: or winter, he's the voice of sport in our This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: And it is uh, coming up to nine fifty here on SENZ. And uh, just uh, about uh, forty minutes ago, New Zealand Cricket released. The six, uh, well, the 17-strong list of uh, those offered annual Whitefern contracts for 2022-2023. Now, uh, women's cricket, of course, has gained a higher profile because of that uh, ultra-successful uh, World Cup that was held there, but it wasn't for us, so you would ex- be expecting there might be some casualties, and boy, there have been. Uh, there are six new players who have received contracts this time around. They are the Auckland Hearts trio Fran Jonas, Molly Penfold and Izzy Gaze. Uh, Off spinners, uh, Nancy Patel from the Northern Brave and Eden Carson from Otago Sparks and Wellington Blaze batter, Georgia Plummer. Now these uh, are the six new names who have been given contracts. Those to go, well, look at this list, Amy Satterthwaite we knew about, Leah Tahuhu opening bowler for such a long time. Uh, for New Zealand over a long, long period of time. Frankie Mackay has gone. What a very good World Cup she had. She got better and better and became more instrumental in what we were trying to do there. Uh, Wellington Blaze duo, Lee Kasperik, Tamsin Newton, they've gone. And, of course, Katie Martin uh, went of her own volition when she retired uh, just a short time ago. So uh, the full squad of players who have been given contracts uh, it reads like this, Susie Bates, Eden Carson, Sophie Devine, Lauren Down, Izzy Gaze, Maddie Green, Brooke Halliday, Haley Jensen, Fran Jonas, Jess Kerr, Mealy Kerr, Rosemary Mayer, Jess McFadden, Nancy Patel, Molly Penfold, Georgia Plummer and Hannah Rowe. Uh, they are the names of uh, those girls who have got surety going forward in terms of their uh, cricket careers not quite uh, sure what the value of the contracts are um we ha- have uh, well, i can tell you we had a chat earlier with uh, brian Stronick, he wasn't available to come um, uh, after 10 o'clock so uh, we uh, pre-recorded at about uh, eight thirty. we were privy to this team he-, he gave it to us so we could get the meat and drink of the conversation uh, underway um, but uh, now that it's been officially announced, we'll play that interview just after 10 o'clock. There has been, uh, I would imagine, uh, quite a lot of reaction to that. So, uh, a lot of disappointed people over the last four or five days. Uh, to me, it seems uh, the, the four main ones who, um, uh, who uh, were losing contracts there. I mean, Amy Satterthwaite, clearly, she was uh, surprised by the whole deal. Uh, she said so in uh, any number of uh, press conferences she's had. Leah Te who we didn't uh, know at that point that uh, while she was standing alongside her wife, uh, that she also got the chop. Frankie McKay, um, <laughs> obviously very disappointing. Uh, Wellington Blaze duo uh, Lee Kasperick's an interesting one; didn't even get a chance in the World Cup. Was left out of that for um, unknown reasons, etc. And uh, Thames and Newton, who uh, was not a factor in the World Cup as well. So uh, a big, a big clean out there going forward Brian Stronick will tell us why after 10 o'clock we'll have a multi before that though it is uh, 958 and uh, time for the multi for the weekend uh, just a review of yesterday's one yes storm uh, minus 11.5 that's a, a winner at a dollar90 the Celtics did be the heat at a buck 67 uh, John Isner has not played Morales as yet that sits there waiting at a dollar 45. That could still come in at $4.60. This weekend's one is quite simple. The Warriors, yes, faith, faith, Ian. The Warriors to beat the Knights, $1.76. The Golden State Warriors uh, to beat the Dallas Mavericks today to wrap that series up, I believe, $1.32. Liverpool to beat Real Madrid in the big one, the Champions League final. Liverpool to beat Real Madrid at $1.91. And the Broncos to beat the Titans in the NRL, the Broncos are on a heater. $1.45, so that's $6.43 for the weekend multi. $6.43 for the weekend multi. Uh, We have got, as I said, Brian Stronach, who is in charge of high performance at New Zealand Cricket, uh, to talk about that um, squad that I just named before. They announced it just around 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, later in the morning we'll be talking to Brent uh, Matahaere, who is of course the coach of uh, our Otago Nuggets. Arch Lawrence, who uh, is uh, a greyhound racing trainer. Arch is the, regarded as the king of stayers, the king of stayers. He trains them to go a long way, not just sprinters. And, and Michael Guerin, of course. McGearon, uh, at 11.45 this morning in his usual slot. it been uh, an interesting morning already and it's going to get even more interesting after the break. They have weeded out, I suppose it's fair to say, and it's probably an insulting way to say it.
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling
6: side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Been a little while since uh, the Women's World Cup, and what a successful uh, event that was all round. But perhaps not quite so successful for the hosts, New Zealand, who were unable to make the playoffs. So, uh, there's been a lot of thinking going on uh, around the White Ferns operation, the camp, the personnel, etc. And uh, this morning, uh, New Zealand Cricket have revealed the contracted players seventeen contracted players going forward uh, for the next twelve months. And to talk about that group. Uh, is Brian Stronach, the General Manager of High Performance Cricket New Zealand. Uh, Brian, thank you for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. No worries, buddy. Thank Not easy, uh, I would imagine. Uh, I'm looking at this list and we know a little bit about uh, Amy Satterthwaite. That news came through uh, a little earlier, of course. But also, uh, no room for Leah Tahuhu, Frankie Mackay, Lee Kasperick, Uh, Tamsin Newton and, of course, Katie Martin has retired. On the surface, that looks like uh, quite a major clean-out.
2: Yeah, I mean, as you say, we look back at the results of this team and it's, it's not where New Zealand cricket want it, it's not where the team themselves want it, and it's not where the cricketing public want it. So, as you say, we've been thinking long and hard around it. We feel like we've, we've got a lot to the future and we've, the exciting thing for us is we've got a whole lot of talent <clears throat> that's starting to come through New Zealand cricket now and through our domestic programmes and pathways and we need to give that talent some experience and some opportunities to show themselves and grow and, and take this team to where, we are, where everyone wants it to get to.
3: For those people uh, listening who don't quite understand the, the contract situation, who makes the decision uh, on the contracts
2: going forward? Uh, we have the selection panel that makes the decision. So so basically it's the uh, management and board decide on the direction and then we have the selection panel that discuss and and work through the playing opportunities that are coming up over the next 12 months and who's going to play and they basically um, dictate who gets the contracts.
3: Are you able to tell us who, who that is at the moment?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it was the existing selection panel that we had up until this point. For um, uh, the white Ferns, which was Bob Carter, Emily Drum, and Jason Wells.
3: Uh, okay, fine. Okay, right. Um, and and um, to, on that basis, uh, before I get into the squad itself, what about the coaching side of things going forward? Have, have you made a decision on that or are you are close to that?
2: Yeah, we're getting really close to that. We've, uh, we've undergone quite an extensive process and, and looking to find the right person to take this team into the future. And, and we, we're getting really close to an announcement around that, but not quite over the line just yet. So
3: the incoming coach who, um, or those coaches who are in in line, perhaps, were, were they consulted about the players that they might have at their disposal when it came to the contracts?
2: Yeah, that, that's a big part of what we were employing those coaches. Are in. They're coming into a system rather than dictating a system. So they definitely um, are, are very aware of the direction that um, we've decided to take with the team to try and get it up to the levels that we need to.
3: Okay, let's uh, look at that direction. Uh, Clearly, uh, I I put some numbers together. There's a lot of experience amongst uh, four of those players in particular. Katie Martin, of course, uh, retired of her own volition, so can't count that in in this discussion as such. But uh, that is a a lot of experience and a lot of freshness coming into the system if, if you look at it that way.
2: Yeah it is, yeah it is and, and, and we feel like well, looking at the contract list now we've got a, a good mix of that experience with some players that have been there for a long time and got a lot of cats under their belt and um, some players that have been there for a wee while and, and got some experience and then some fresh new talent that we're bringing through and we want to give those experiences to them I and one of the keys to success for us looking forward is around uh, consistency of selection and, and and giving those players and giving that talent the, the chance to grow and get better and, and get this team where we all want it to be.
3: Okay, so um, Amy Satterthwaite, who um, of course has been um, a stalwart, I think it's fair to say, 128 one internationals, 111 T20s amongst uh, a whole lot of other cricket around the world. Uh, that can't have been an easy decision, Brian.
2: No, no, I, I don't think any of these decisions are easy and um, people and a team and a, and a, and a culture um, decisions or, or decisions are easy ones, but we do feel like they're the right ones and the, the ones that we need to make because as I keep coming back to, we, we are not where we need to be and, and everyone kind of looks back at the, the cricket world cup and goes, we, if we keep doing the same thing, um, are we going to get to where we uh, want and need to get to?
3: So you've put Faith, uh, in terms of your experience, pretty much in the hands of, uh, in terms of the batting and the leadership of Susie Bates and Sophie Devine going forward.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think there's some other players there as well. You look at Amelia Kerr, who's been around for a wee while now as well. And and there's a lot of players there that have got a few uh, seasons under their belt now. So we do think there's a good mix of, of, I suppose, the inexperience and the talent, but the experience as well that can, can guide this team through.
3: Frankie McCoy had a pretty good World Cup, um, and uh, her role actually got stronger through throughout the tournament. Um, um, She's been in and out; she had a revolving door policy with uh, New Zealand women's cricket. I think it's fair to say. And um, what was the, the reasoning behind Frankie not being there?
2: Yeah, diving into the details, I think a big thing for us is around that been bowling. Now, it's, it, it is one of the areas. Um, in women's cricket in New Zealand, where we've got some real talent and some um, good experience, so for us it's 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 a similar story. We're, we've got some um, girls there that can turn the ball. We've got some really athletic girls, and we've got some girls there that can bat. and It's a matter of um, piecing them together and getting the mix of, of that right within the team and the balance of the team going forward. and that, And that's where we saw that with uh, with Frankie. We've got that, those players coming through that can really force. She did an amazing job at the World Cup with the ball and that don't want to take that away from her at all, but we do think this is the way that we can get from um, up the ladder a bit more.
3: It will be unusual not to see uh, Leah Tahuhu take the new ball for New Zealand as well.
2: Yeah, well, and, and she's uh, done an amazing job again. Again, but again, we've got some amazing talent coming through. We've got a few players who are fast bowlers that have been there for a wee while. You've got the likes of Molly Penfold coming through and so forth where we think we can have a really um, dangerous attack which will be, should, with the right experiences could um, could keep us going for a long time. Let's look at
3: um, a couple of areas uh, within the team that uh, you you have to look for replacements. Of course, uh, you're going outside the uh, the World Cup squad. You have to uh, with your your two new wicket keepers. Tell us a wee bit about uh, Jess McFadgen and, of course, the new one that is coming as well. Is he Gaze?
2: Yeah, well, as we said, with, with Katie retiring, we're, we're forced to look at um, keepers, and we think we've got uh, quite a nice blend there. I, I think we're looking forward. We'll. Um, you won't see one of those wicket keepers dominating all the time. I think we'll look to share it through. But they're they're great with the glove and they've got real potential with the bat as well.
3: Okay, so Fran Jonas played one game in the World Cup against the West Indies. Georgia Plummer uh, was not selected at any stage. What gives you the confidence that these two uh, young ladies are part of the nucleus going forward?
2: Well, I think for us now, I think it's wider than just international cricket. I I think that the form that they've showed at domestic cricket, but also the form they've showed in internal games and so forth, but but also just their general attitude and, and work ethic and so forth. To me, they're, or to us, they're very exciting players that that um, could go really, really well. and we've got, to, we've got to put some faith in them and we've got to give, uh, create some consistency around our selection just to give, it, give them every chance, like I think some of these other players have had in the past.
3: It was a long process, uh, Matthew Mott and Australian cricket, getting their team to the point where, I mean, they were clearly the world's best uh, set up in that regard and all round it, it seems. Um, I, I just wonder, have you, you looked at their model?
2: Yeah, yeah, we have looked at what they've done and how and how they've done it, and I I think you're right. I think they took a bit of a long term approach, um, and and they've built a system that feeds into it, so it'll be sustainable over time. Because you look now, and if um a few players drop out for whatever reasons, they've, they've got quality players that come in and replace them straight away. Now, I don't think we're there yet, but that is the vision around we were trying to get to, and we won't have to do it the same way as Australia, just with um. The amount of talent that they've got over there and the depth of resource, but we're, that's no excuse for us. We still feel like we can get there and compete with those teams, and, and we want to and need to, and we've got to do it a slightly different way, but we, we do need to take the learnings that we can see from them because there are some good things they've um, implemented that, that can suit us.
3: Brian. Uh, I spoke uh, very briefly uh, to the Minister of Sport, Grant Robertson, during the final, of course, and uh, as we were looking out the window watching England play Australia, he said to me, uh, it's, no, it's no surprise actually to see these two sides here because they are perhaps the best resourced, um, you know, they're probably financially better looked after, they've got the facilities, etc., uh, I, I know you just said that's no real excuse, but in a way, I mean, has, is that something that you're, you're looking to address uh, as well or resourcing of this particular group?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think we've resourced this group a, lo- a lot better than we have in the past. I think we've addressed that a lot and uh, they're groups together a lot now and they play a lot of cricket and they have a lot of camps and so forth. I, I think a lot of what... Uh, and of course, we will always look at that and, and where we can make improvements. I think what you're talking about there is they've got a better resource system that that flows into it that creates for me the sustainable success and the pressure below, uh, the pressure below and those players that are coming through so I do think that's an area where we've got to keep focusing on and addressing and and keep trying to move this forward because otherwise you put all the resource into the top team and you get them to, to a certain point and they they fall off um the cliff after people retire or, or are moved on through selection, whereas you create a system approach and that success stays. Now, that, that's where I think those teams are further in front. Um, some of that's got to do with resource, but a lot of it doesn't as well. And that, that's where I still think we've got a chance regardless of the resource.
3: Difficult phone calls to make, these ones for these experienced girls, I suppose there's, uh, there's always ups and downs in any job, but um can't have been easy. No, no, not easy at
2: all. I um it's not a, a part of the job I um enjoy, but I also think it's important to be respectful and I and I think as hard as it is for me, it's a heck of a lot harder for them. So it that doesn't really come into it in my thinking. So not not an easy thing to do, but it is something we believe in to, to get this team to where we um we all want it to be.
3: Okay, let's look at uh, going forward in the next twelve months. First project, I guess, Commonwealth Games. Uh, and uh, Brian, uh, when will that side uh, be announced? Um, uh, we're running out of time, aren't we?
2: Yeah, we are running out a little bit of time, but that, that'll be imminent. That'll be coming out soon. We've, we've just got a little bit of work to do off the back of this contract process and working through the Olympic Committee around their nominations around that team which we're doing for the first time so it's all new to us but yeah that that will be uh, coming out very soon and the
3: pro uh, the rest of the program for the year I, I read yesterday um, about a, a new competition as such uh, involving a lot more cricket for uh, the white Ferns and women's cricket around the world
2: yeah I, I think it's in a really exciting place um, going forward and Playing I think if you look back, a lot of the top teams have played each other consistently. Um, but I think the exciting thing around going forward is all teams are gonna play each other more often. So I, I think it's a great competition. I think it's uh it'll be great for our white friends and I think it'll be great for the for women's cricket, the world round. So it's a really exciting time.
3: Well, Brian, thank you very much for your time this morning. Can't have been easy to uh, weed the, all that experience out, and um, but I, I guess we just go on the front foot now and stay positive about uh, this new group of uh, of young ladies that you've uh, entrusted. So, uh, all the best. Um, look forward to the appointment of a coach. Uh, just uh, going back to that, any, uh, very very close to that, you say, and how how far away you reckon?
2: Oh yeah, very close. I think in the in the coming weeks, um, week or so, we'll be able to announce that, which is which will be fantastic and great for us. And and I agree with you, Smitha. I think we've just got to be as positive as we can get behind this team, and, and we know we can get to the levels that we are uh, all aspiring to.
3: Did you have to go over? Did you looked overseas for candidates? I mean, coaching uh, this women's cricket team is the last World Cup that we've just had um, proved to be It's quite a high profile. Uh, sought after position. Do, do, we, do, we, do we scout the world?
2: Yeah, definitely. We, we always look overseas around these roles and we want to promote and develop our own coaches as best we can. But when it comes to employing um, for these roles, we take the best coach we can. So it, it's always that mix of looking and trying to develop and um, promote our own coaches from New Zealand. But yeah, we're we always uh, looking for the best fit for us.
3: Good on you, Brian. Thanks uh, again for your time this morning and uh, answering some of those questions for us. Um, look forward to the new the new breed. Thank you.
6: Perfect. Thanks, Melly. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on ACNZ. Big talk, big opinions.
1: The panel. me.
3: Well, two of the big guns of Canterbury sport with us this morning, folks. Andrew Gordy and Guy Havelt. Um, we will try and steer away from the Crusaders if we possibly can and move to other more neutral topics um, because they're good all-rounders, these boys. Uh, Andrew Gordy, I shall start with you if that's at all possible, please. Uh, oh, clean out. A clean out at the White Ferns, big time.
4: Yes, you can say that again, Smithy. Morning to you. Morning, Guy. Morning to all the listeners. Uh, yeah, this is a definition of a clean out, isn't it? I can't recall... Um, a list of either men's or women's cricketers uh, being announced and having six new faces. Um, that, is, that is astonishing. And look, I've got to be perfectly honest, I, I can't agree with all of these. Uh, it is an absolute head-scratcher. Look, you've got, you've got Katie Martin, who, who retired, obviously, and that's, that's her prerogative. But it was clear, and I thought some of the comments yesterday from Amy Satiswaite regarding her, uh, how should we put it, forced retirement, I, I think just said it all. And it does really leave you sort of wondering what's going on here. It doesn't feel quite right. You can't tell me that some of these experienced players, you know, Amy Satterthwaite, Lee uh, Frankie Mackay, I know there was obviously a lot of discussion around Lee Kasparov's omission from the World Cup squad anyway, but a lot of these players really are proven performers. And I really struggle to believe that the next tier of player coming through is that much better. Than, than some of the players that I've just listed. I mean, I, I've got to be honest, Smitty, I'm not really here for any discussion around uh, deserves to go out on her own terms, things like that. Sport, sport can be pretty harsh like that sometimes. But but again, I just come back to the point, are you really telling me that there are other players better than Amy Satterthwaite, who is a pr- proven performer at this level, 35 years old, and I'm sure she would have liked to have had a, a better World Cup than what she did, but I, I really do struggle to believe that that there are other players ready
3: to step up and perform at a higher level than what she does. Yeah, uh, guys, um, it's come at a bit of a, a shock to me. I, 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 I really didn't uh, quite get the Amy Satterthwaite thing because uh, she didn't have a vintage World Cup, but none of them really did, to be fair. I mean, one of the big issues was that our top four couldn't go on with the job and, and get it done for us, so... Um, Interesting you say about um, Georgia Plummer as well Um, Andrew Gordy, just a few stats have uh, come through to me here So she basically is going to go into an Amy Satterthwaite type role We understand her highest score is 38 in 20 matches Uh, Guy, which is uh, pretty small compared to Amy Satterthwaite's career
14: Look, none of those players um, I think would have saved the White Ferns from from the disastrous World Cup they had. Uh, this, to me, and I said it yesterday, this is nothing short of an insult, I think, to some of those uh, players who have given so much to this White and team, team. I slightly differ with Andrew. I think some of them did deserve to go out on their own terms. Certainly in Amy's case, I think someone who's given so much to that team, at least, they clearly had this plan. They knew that World Cup wasn't going well. They clearly had this planned that, that, you know, at least she and a couple of others were probably going to be turfed out. They should have known that was going to be the case. They should have got their chance to have a send-off. But, the one thing that that irks me so greatly out of this, and and it was interesting to hear Brian Stronach confirm this to you just moments ago, that Bob Carter, who was the coach of that World Cup team, obviously, is still on the selection panel and is in a high-performance job picking these players for this contracted squad. This is the same coach who I just did the maths Coached this team in 50 ODIs and T20s combined, they won 18 of them in the two and a half years that he was in charge. How on earth do these players get turfed out? They they cop the blame for this terrible World Cup and for the for the pretty average last couple of years. They cop the blame, and yet he goes back to another cushy job, picks these players, and continues to have a say and what happens to the white fan side. It simply makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, I think it's an insult to some of those experienced players. Uh, I think they have been made to be scapegoats out of this, and, and as I say, I think it's utterly appalling.
3: I, I, I totally agree with you, Guy. I just don't, I don't understand the principle of this, and um, Andrew, you can come on this as well. If you're given, uh, whoever the new coach is, um, there's rumours around uh, perhaps uh, a coach coming in from overseas, surely um, you want to have a right um, to have a say, I mean, in in who you're going to be working with over the next 12 months. What's the idea of working through the the door and saying, I'm here, uh, but I really don't want four or five of those players in my group. Uh, I don't see them as the immediate future for the White Ferns. <clears throat> not involved in the process at all, the incoming coach, whoever he or she might be?
4: Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point that you raised, Timothy. Obviously, they, they were forced to uh, contract players at, at, at this time, right? So between Brian Stronach and I agree with you about Bob Carter, I find it absolutely astonishing that, that he can be involved in this in this process at all. But if, if a new coach comes in and he decides, actually, guys, I think you're mad. Um, and I really want to use players like Lear Tahoe and Amy Satterthwaite, uh, even Frankie McIntyre, really want to, It's, it's well that, that coach is, is well entitled to go and speak to those players and say, well, especially, let's just use Amy as an example, I'd actually, I still think you've got a role to play for my team, and, and I'd really like mm. you to play. Now, he might convince her to come out of retirement. She can still play for New Zealand, just because she's not contracted. It's essentially... You know, as you know, contracting players at at this point, whether it's for the men's team or the women's team, is based on who they think is going to be playing for New Zealand uh, the most over the coming 12 months. They may have got that horribly wrong. And in which case, if that does end up being the case, then I suppose there's questions for Bob Carter and Brian Stronick to answer, isn't there?
3: There is. Uh, And here's the other thing for me, Guy. Um, It's a little bit worrying for me when you consider that women's cricket has now been introduced into the Commonwealth Games but we're sending—we're uh, going to be sending a squad which uh, is pretty inexperienced overall to those Commonwealth Games. Uh, the way I read it, anyway, is it um, is that sort of—I well, won't say disrespecting it, but is that saying the Commonwealth Games aren't important?
14: And eight weeks out, they don't have a coach appointed. It's astounding. Uh, the whole thing is just absolutely astounding. I—I uh, I, I would have thought that this would have been. Um, maybe I mean I know they've obviously got a name in the contract of players now so maybe timing isn't ideal but I would have thought that they would have been hoping to go out, and I'm sure they still are uh, but to me it, it kind of screams like this, this Commonwealth Games is being treated as possibly a little bit of a green, breeding ground to give some players some experience and that to me seems a little bit backwards um, Yeah, I, I, 8 weeks out I stand, sitting here right now I would say their chances of winning a medal at the Commonwealth Games uh, are not great
3: no, me too. At the moment, um, they're fifth ranked, and I, I don't see them being ranked any any higher after this. But however, uh, it is ten thirty, uh, we'll take a very short news break, and then we'll come back with some more revelations out of the, the Warriors' camp, which have been quite astounding. Uh, here's Ottawa with an update.
1: Talk Big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk,
3: Guy Havelt is with us this morning, as is Andrew Gordy. Uh, Let's uh, change tack a a little bit, although there's plenty still to talk about the White Ferns. Uh, Let's go to the Warriors. It's been uh, the hottest topic on uh, radio uh, in terms of sport this week. Uh, Andrew Gordy, uh, I'm sure, on television as well. Are we to seriously believe that Matt Lodge left because he had an argument with Mark Robinson in the lobby of a hotel?
4: Well, I mean, look... It doesn't feel right, does it? It feels like there's more to this. Um, All we can really go on, though, is what we're being told. And at least we are being told that there was some kind of confrontation in a a hotel bar, which is extraordinary in itself. And look, I mean, I I don't know if you listened to that that press conference yesterday or or watched it, but look, the Warriors have a long and tumultuous history. And there have been some pretty crazy stories out of that club uh, over the years. I cannot recall one. As, as bizarre and, and, like I say, extraordinary as, as this one. And I think the fans really deserve more out of this. And, and the big question for me that I think really needs answering is if indeed this this hotel confrontation is what is the root cause of this issue, I think the fans deserve to know what it was about because I think that really does colour your entire view of, of this entire incident. Because if this was Mark Robinson basically having a crack at Matt Lodge over things like attitude and commitment uh, to the club and and, the, and that sort of thing, I, I don't really have a problem with that, because that's simply an owner who's passionate about the club, uh, putting putting across a message, and, and, if, and if the player doesn't like that, and they're, they're essentially considered a bit of a bad egg, then I don't really have too many issues in, in getting that player out of the club. But if this was simply a conversation, uh, a bit of a, a barroom debate that sort of, that got out of hand then that's completely different because then you've got an owner whose involvement is really starting to affect the playing group it affects the season it affects the culture it affects the salary cap for next season and that's a huge problem going forward so i think fans deserve to know which one was it because as much as it's mark robinson's club he owns the club at the moment Mm. but it's not his club he's a custodian of this club the club belongs to the fans and if he expects those fans to, to get on board with him and, and his journey as, as the Warriors owner at the moment, then, then they deserve to know what, what his direct involvement of the day-to-day running of the club is. Because if his impact and his involvement is seeing key players walk out the door at a crucial time in the season and it affects the salary cap for next season, that, that's an enormous problem. We know, and we've heard Cameron George say time and time again, in this competition, in a salary cap competition, you can't afford to pay too much for a player. You can't afford to pay too little for a player either because they'll get pinched and go elsewhere. And I find it baffling that the message out of the club has been that we can cop uh, probably about half a million off our salary cap for next season. That, that, that doesn't work for the Warriors, and it doesn't work for any club in the NRL.
3: Well, it doesn't work for me either, and it baffles me. Uh, Guy Havel, that you could have a contract where... Someone is just able to walk away. I mean, how hard did they try to keep him? Because not only did he walk away from the club in terms of performance, he walked away as uh, Andrew has pointed out with a big, fat, healthy check, which not only benefits him but it takes away from what you're what you're trying to achieve in the coming years. So, uh, I just I don't I can't get my head around the fact that he can leave just like that and walk away with such a bonus for great performance as such.
14: I'm I, I'm flabbergasted by that as well. I, I think Andrew raises a good point around um, the makeup or, or the or the 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 point or the reason for this um, argument or whatever you want to call it between Robinson and, and Matt Lodge. I think the fans absolutely deserve to know because that that uh, the crux of, of of I suppose how we how we treat Warriors management going forward and, and whether this was a this was something that that you can understand from Matt Lodge's uh, point of view or if it's, if it's been handled poorly um, the other way around. Um, I, 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 I actually feel sorry, not only for the fans, but also for the rest of the players in that team, and, and also particularly for Nathan Brown. Now, look, I don't think Nathan Brown is, is a premiership winning content, uh, potential rugby league coach. I don't think he's that good at all. But they have been, they have been struggling this season, and this is now another thing that is completely out of his hands, been taken completely out of his hands. He's lost one of his best players. No matter what you think of Matt Lodge off the field, he was one of the Warriors better players on it. He is now been taken out of that team. Nathan Brown is now scrambling to find another top-level um, prop to try and to try and keep this team going forward and to try and get them towards the playoffs. And this was, this was something that had absolutely nothing to do with him. There are rumours that that some players, and, and Brown himself were, were pretty fired up about this whole situation and how it was handled from Warriors management, and frankly, I, I don't blame them if that is the case. Uh, this leaves them in another massive hole. I feel sorry for the fans who sit there, and, 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 Smithy, we've all seen it, that the Warriors fans are the most passionate fans, perhaps outside of, say, English football or, or Spanish football or something like that, but in this part of the world, anyway, they are the most passionate fans going around they get put through the absolute ringer. And this is just another crap example of what they have to put up with off the park, as well as everything that's going on on the park. Um, I am glad that I am not a week-in, week-out, devout Warriors fan. Fan. I like them. I hope they do well. Um, but, man, I don't know how, how they do it week-in, week-out. Um, if you've got here left and you're a Warriors fan, uh, you're doing bloody well in my mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You made us something a lot sterner than I am, um, Andrew Gordy. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't watch a heck of a lot of motor racing. But I will this weekend. I'll watch the Indianapolis 500 because I think Scott Dixon's a, a right royal chance to win it for the second time. If he does, where does he rate in terms of motor racing uh, drivers in this country?
4: Well, look, I mean, look. Let's face it, Smithy. He's already he's already done it once, so it's not like this is sort of a. He's not like Rory McIlroy, who's, who's desperately trying to trying to win the Masters to to um, sort out his, his his career kind of thing. Like he's he's already got this um, on his CV, so I don't think he needs necessarily another one to elevate him to greatness or anything like that. But as far as I'm concerned, Scott, Dixon's already um, uh, well and truly a a, a Kiwi motorsporting uh, great, a, a Kiwi sporting great for for sure. Um, and look, he's obviously. I think the, the one thing that's really amazing about Scott Dixon is just his, his durability, I suppose. He's been doing this for a really long time now, and he's been, been performing at the highest level uh, in IndyCars. And so, look, it'd be, it'd be nice, I suppose, to see him, to see him win another one. Is, is it going to really have a major impact for me on his, on his legacy? Is it going to change the way I view him? Probably not. I mean, I think he's already there,
14: in my opinion.
3: Okay, and for you, Guy?
14: Um, I think to an extent that that overall in New Zealand, um, I'm not sure he gets the recognition he deserves. Uh, I think what he's done in, in IndyCar and in, in, in his career is, is just outstanding, remarkable, really. And, and if he could win another one of these things, what is it, 14 years? I think after his first Indy 500 success, um, he would just he would just go up and lights so, uh, and you know in the top echelon of, of our of our motorsport greats, but also our sporting greats, in my opinion, uh, and also. And I know this probably doesn't come into the conversation, but he is one of the nicest guys going around. Very easy, very approachable, uh, great talker, um, completely understands the relationship between, um, you know, sport people and media and that sort of thing. So from our job, is, is is very easy to deal with and, and a great person to get along with. Uh, I, I wish him all the success. And, and, you know, he would probably, I think he'd say that he's probably in the twilight of his career. Imagine if he could just take another one of these off. It would be... It would be uh, absolutely outstanding to watch. And just as a huge aside to me, I'm not sure how much time we've got, but no doubt mm. uh, you and Andrew will be in front of the TV this afternoon, not, not watching the Crusaders as such, but uh, Christ College against Christchurch, and the curtain raiser
3: oh, Yeah, I, I, I'm tossing I'm <laughs> up a bit. <sighs> Go on, Gord.
4: who's asked me to bring this up, um, and he, he's, he's expecting, that I th- he, he thinks anyway, that I'm going to offer my support for Christchurch Boys High School on this fixture, look as a BDN, I really couldn't care less, and I, and I suppose I'm hoping for a, probably a nil-nil draw would suit me perfectly fine, fellas. So, um, yeah, all the best. I hope you both go terribly.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it is the, it's one of the time honoured clashes, uh, guy. You'll be you'll be perched up there, will you? Or you, or you might even be going down there for a, what a, a sort of a reunion, as they say, in Christ College terms. <laughs>
14: No, I'm actually currently held up with COVID at the moment, so I'll just be on the couch soaking it up. Uh, uh, yeah, living, living dreams, shall we say, in inverted commas. Uh, soaking soaking a little bit of live sport up from the couch. But no, I'm feeling all right. Don't worry about me. Everything's all good.
3: Oh, I, It's amazing because I thought you Christ College boys were so well educated you were supposed to cure COVID, not get it. <laughs>
14: <laughs> Smelly, I never got over 40% in the science exam,
3: so I, also, I certainly think you be doing that. Good on you, boys. Okay, have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, Christ College, Christchurch boys, hi this afternoon. What a way to start the weekend. That was Andrew Gordy. That was uh, Guy Haveld as well. Two great characters and great men in uh, the New Zealand sporting media. Uh, we have uh, got to go to a break now. It's 10.43 here on SENZ. We've got Louis Herman Watt and uh, Pip Morris before 11 as well.
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's
6: number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Uh,
3: We can tell you this morning that uh, the boys had uh, a bit of a discussion. And Tully, Tully, congratulations, Tully. You have uh, won the $100 Chemist Warehouse Voucher. So uh, well done to you, uh, and we'll uh, make sure that you get that very shortly. Uh, we have uh, got uh, other texts coming into the show. Grant has texted in, actually, with a golfing update for us. Uh, Smithy, Steve Elka leading the senior PGA at six under. Stephen Elker, my God, is it one of the sporting stories of 2022 or what? Uh, here he is again, uh, leading at six under. Right, let's uh, look at uh, some of these other issues. Tim has come in regarding the number sevens and loose forward sizes, actually. Uh, there was a comment made that uh, Dalton uh, Poppley is like a South African loose forward. Well, uh, Tim has said Dalton is six foot three, Blackadder six foot two, Adi is six foot one, Frazel six foot four, uh, versus Van Ruler who is six foot three, uh, Peter Steff Datoy, who is six foot six. All big nations have four to five line-out options. We need at least one big donkey on the side of the scrum. That is Tim's observation. Uh, Very, very good indeed. Uh, Morning, uh, Smithy. Uh, Starting Artie now, uh, Carlin Grace is back from injury. uh, Rule number eight back on. uh, So he puts number eight back on. Artie is able to put seven back on. Uh, He is our premier number seven, Dalton on the bench, and this allows Artie just to go hard for 50 minutes. Interesting. Mark has come in and said... uh, uh, what about the women's coach? Uh, when's that announcement? Where, well, we were told, Mark, of course, uh, by Brian Stronach there, that the women's coach uh, for the White Ferns will be announced uh, perhaps in the coming weeks. Well, I would have thought in the coming few days would have been good if they know who it is. Uh, my understanding is it's not a New Zealander. There you go. Um, no confirmation there, but my understanding is it's not a New Zealander who is to coach uh, our White Ferns uh, cricket team. Uh, Dalton Papaliki for the All Black 7 jersey Young, fit, strong, game, smart Uh, He has led the Blues well this year Kane is a workhorse and has plenty of international experience But has had the last couple of uh, seasons disrupted with injuries Papaliki for captaincy after the next World Cup as well If not this year I wonder, says Richie, if Katie Martin retired Because she knew she wasn't going to be offered a contract Katie leaves the biggest hole to fill in that team I have not seen another standout keeper in New Zealand over the past two years uh, including Jess McFadden, who took the who they took to England but no game time uh, I am a one and I am a one-eyed Wellingtonian and that of course is where Jess McFadden comes from so uh, it just continues to <coughs> raises our uh, questions which I thought um, women's cricket perhaps would not hit the headlines to this extent, and I'm not insulting women's cricket here, I think it's a very good thing, I think it's a very good thing it's such a, a strong discussion point uh, before we go to the break I can tell you uh, I've been sent Izzy Gaze she's just come into the squad as a replacement uh, and a backup wicketkeeper, these are her batting stats uh, so far or during the competition this year, domestic competition, 5 not out 9, One, five, three, 24 a duck and 8 it's 10 10.52
6: of sport in our Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith On SCNZ.
11: The loveracing.nz update Your home for everything thoroughbred racing Visit loveracing.nz Racing's biggest fan
3: Louie joins us this morning uh, Wingatui this afternoon But uh, of course tomorrow It is Eagle Farm And the markets uh, are saying what Louie? Wow, there's been lots of support for on Trivia, and I've just come with a little bit of a warning. I just say a caution. I've spoken to someone who's been and worked the track and worked horses on the track.
14: They reckon it could end up a good four and it might be up and in, and you might want to be close to the rail and you might want to be close to the speed. Um, Eagle Farm can be like that from time to time. It can be hard to make up ground. On trivia, she's drawn wide. She doesn't necessarily always jump on the pace. It also makes it very hard for Pinarello, Dark Destroyer from Barrier 1. If you can jump and can lead or be close to the speed, we know it's going to get the trip. We know it's fit. Is the good track going to trip it up? Not too sure. I'd just
3: be weary with anything drawn out this weekend at Eagle Farm. That's the final word from Louis Herman. What uh, this week for us, midweek anyway, of course, he's involved in shows over the weekend. Uh, Pip uh, Morris from the TAB. Pip uh, Addington and Palmerston North today. In fact, they start very shortly.
11: Yeah, they certainly do, Smitty. I think I view Anna uh, in a race there is a nice each-way play. She's up against Allegro Mars at Palmerston North. I think she's in race five, but sevens and two-ten, she was a nice play and of course huge meeting out of Alexandra Park with the Auckland Cup. And I can tell you the first four races are bonus back races this evening. And in race number one, Isla elsie has been the best back with Mr. Muscle. And in the features, Sunday Suns had 61% of the fixed odd win bets, not a lot of bet on anyone else. And self-assured has been really the only horseback smithy In the other feature, there's been three and a half K on him at 135. And a nice two thousand dollars fix exacter. Race seven, number one Sunday Sun, second bolt for brilliance to return four thousand dollars. And then a nice bit of surge there too on both the favourites, Sunday Sun into to Self Assured. So really looking forward to Alexander Park's season.
3: In a word, in a word, Pip. Before you go, does here's Tears pose a real threat in the silver collar? Oh.
11: I think I think it's no keeper for movie. I think he's a brilliant dog, but I just think no people will have the speed to get out in front. But Look, I'm great to see him over
3: there, and it'll be a really good contest. Good on you, Pip. Thank you very much for that uh, little early inside oil on the uh, the silver collar coming up. Uh, we've got the 11 o'clock news now.
6: S E-N-Z, it's Kiwi for sport.
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling
6: side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: And it is 11.03 here on SENZ, and after a slow start to the season, SENZ's Otago Nuggets are on a roll, winning four games on the trot. Big reason for this is due to the arrival of our big three American imports, however. It's our Kiwi stars that are shining the brightest on a packed roster. Sam Timmons leading the favouritism for MVP honours. Young uh, Nico uh, McCulloch uh, dropped 25 points in the first half alone last Friday against the Franklin Bulls. Things are uh, trucking along very nicely, which I would imagine is uh, really pleasing their coach, uh, Brent uh, Matahari, who joins us this morning.
0: Good morning, Brent. Kia ora, Smithy, how thanks.
3: Oh look, mate! We're fine and dandy at this station, following the, the great job you guys are doing down there. After losing the first two, starting to get your players uh, back that uh, that you uh, were waiting for, and it's starting to to knit together quite nicely, mate.
0: Yeah, no, we've had a, a good wee run. I mean, um, four games on the trot is is really nice, and you know we're pretty pleased with how we're progressing in terms of uh, in terms of wins. Um, but we know there's a lot more left, and you know, so we talked about that this week, and you know we were really wanting to try and. You know, basically take our game to the next level uh, and make sure that we can make continuous improvement. What
3: has been the most impressive thing as it started to go on the upward, uh, upward incline?
0: Uh, I, I guess the way the guys get on. Um, you know, We've integrated these you know, I guess imports into our group and you know, they're all good humans and that's the best part about it. Um, you know, we like to recruit, recruit good people and we've certainly done a good job this year of doing that. So these are all good culture guys. Um, they're working well with the group. Uh, and you know you, you mentioned you know Nico um, dropping twenty five. Well, in that first half, those guys were looking to find him on the perimeter so he could score, knowing that he's basically he's got the hot hand. So they were trying to fill it.
3: Okay, um, one of the uh, well, one or two of the pundits we talked to uh, about uh, the Souths NBL say that uh, you perhaps have got the most star started starting five in the league. Um, so uh, you must be thrilled you've been able to put that that uh, squad to, together. Uh, as a starting unit?
0: Well, I mean, obviously we work for the same company, Smithy, so we've got to say nice things about them. Um, You know, and obviously Mm. Craig and what have you have put it it in place that we've got the situation that we can, uh, you know, get quality imports in and and have a, you know, a showcase team for, you know, for SEMZ and, you know, our um, local sponsors night and day. So, you no, know, that's what we wanted right from the outset. Um, you know, the, the bosses that sit over there in Melbourne, what have you, we, uh, you know, have, which I've spoken to, really want this to be a successful franchise. And so, you know, hopefully we're on that, on that
9: um, pathway.
3: So when you bring the American uh, talent in, uh, Todd Withers, Keith Williams, uh, Taj McCall, um, you, you bring them in, what are you hoping, apart from uh, excellence on the court, what are, what are you hoping for that they bring to the squad as you look to continue to develop?
0: I, look I think it's two ways um, it's first and foremost getting to know them um, and developing that relationship and seeing what they want out of the you know out of their experience here um, and making sure that we're you know continuing their pathway um, in an upwards trajectory as well so like now we've got to know them a little bit better we're working with them you know every day to try and help improve them um, and what we get from them is that uh, i guess the skill and ability um, but also a great deal of knowledge so you know we've talked about you know, talk about bringing someone in, they bring in all that you know, the IP um, with them. And so you're making sure that you um, are utilising that knowledge all the time. So, you know, Tajir McCaw is an elite defender and has played in some of the top leagues in the world. He comes with that knowledge of how to defend certain actions or with variations of how to defend it and so can bring up uh, ideas of, you know, what to do in that situation. So, um, you know it's great to feed off those guys and give them a voice on the floor um, and make sure that we're utilizing you know their skills and their knowledge all the time
3: so it's not just uh, the players they influence they inter- uh, they can influence your thinking your knowledge around the game as well as a head coach
0: oh 100% like um i'm a you know i, I allow players to have a voice and i want them to you know make sure that they feel that they're included and they have um, basically some control, and they you know they are the players that are on the court. I want them to be able to make decisions on the fly in the heat of the moment um, that are advantageous for the for the team, so you know you've got to give them that ability to, um, to lead and I think you know leadership is something that has to happen right across the floor. so you know they certainly have those opportunities with us, and yeah, we're hoping to continue to grow that um, that trust between basically players and staff and um, that the organization keeps um, ticking along in the right trajectory.
3: Well, Brent, you talk about growth, which uh, also obviously has to include New Zealand talent along the way. Um, and, and key to yours is, is one of your big Sam Timmons. We spoke to Sam before uh, game one, actually, um, and he was looking forward to the prospect. Uh, tell us about his development over the last six games.
0: Yeah, I've known Sam, obviously, uh, played rugby with his old man. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I've known Sam since 12 years old. But you know, Sam Sam is really working hard every day on his game to basically take himself to the next level. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a secured breakers contract, so that's not hanging over his head. He's got certainty with his future, and he's really just making sure that he's keeping on working on other aspects of his game. And we again allow him to you know, showcase that. So you know, he's developing his perimeter shooting, um, and that's something that'll come. And you know, if you've got you look at European basketball, you know, their bigs shoot a lot of threes. So. Uh, he's working on that as part of his, um, his development. And so, yeah, we're we're happy to support him doing that. So, yeah, he'll take a few threes and we might cringe every now and again at a couple, but, um, you know, it, it's the right thing for him to be doing. Um, so, yeah, we're happy with that as well. So, it, it's great that you can work with a player um, that's, you know, locals come from Dunedin, you know, Target Boys High School. And, you know, we, 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 we love to have him and we want to make him basically the, the kingpin of our franchise for years to come.
3: Nico McCulloch and Sam Timmons have played a lot of ball together, actually. Was that was that part of the allure in signing both of them together at this season?
0: Yeah, I've known Nico. We both went to the same school, played under the same coach um, for a long time. So, um, you know, Nico having him, having him there, having a basically in the same 3x3, you know, World Championship team in the under-19s uh, was, was really special. Um, so those two guys know each other really well, and so we're... Really pleased to have him on the court at the same time. And again, same with Nico. We want to continue to develop his skills um, as a PG. You know, as a point guard, running the cutter, making the decisions out on the floor. So that's that's where we want him to grow. Um, and you know, hopefully, we'll hold on to him for a few more years too.
3: Um, both those two players are, are they possibilities to go to the Commonwealth Games? Sam Timmins and Nico McCulloch in the three three on three.
0: Yeah, Nico went to the trial. It was in the weekend, so he certainly um, he performed really well in the uh, the qualifiers. He um, you know, was leading scorer in the qualifiers to qualify for the World Championships. Um, so they've got the World Cup coming up, and also the Commonwealth Games. So yeah, he's uh, he'll be a front runner to make that team. Um, Sam, um, it's more focused on the five on five game, so um, he'll be looking to you know, basically push his case for a tall blacks position.
3: So, a Southern Derby tonight, Southland Sharks. Uh, Mojave King is uh, obviously instrumental in their uh, performance there. Uh, what's the key to shutting him down and getting a win tonight?
0: Well, interesting enough, Mojave was born in Dunedin, so um, his mum, Tracy Paul, went to Logan Park High School. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, they talk about him coming home. But he's just basically landed a couple of hundred k south of where he should have. But, you know, he is a talent. Um, he's got a lot of skill and um, certainly been touted as a, um, you know, potential NBA player. Um, and he's fallen here with Bevo, um, down with the South and Shark. So he's certainly one we've been looking at um, through the week um, and one we'll pay a lot of attention to on defence. So, you know, you've got to come up with plans, just like you did in cricket, about how you're going to get someone out. We've come up with some plans about, um, you know, how we're going to negate his skill.
3: And then on Sunday, as uh, part two of the double header. you've got uh, the Taranaki Ears. Uh, tell us about, I mean, when you do, uh, and it's an interesting point, this, uh, I mean, you've got to do some pretty quick homework here when you you, you have these doubleheaders. So what what about the Taranaki Ears?
0: Yeah, so the Ears, uh, coached by my good friend Trent Adam and obviously Farrah uh, Cameron, the, you know, the Tall Blacks head coach, so they've got a um, great deal of knowledge. Um, what we do in that quick turnaround is we utilise um, our guys in the back room, so the the film guys who are preparing uh, all that information for the, for us to basically pick up Saturday morning and start taking that on board, and so yeah, we've got a guy down here actually, Sam Senior, and another one, Ryan Booth, who's hiding in the in the background um, doing that, and they work alongside my assistant coach, uh, Keegan Crawford, who um, you know who did great work with that preparing a scout for the next team. So it doesn't go in front of the players until tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll take a look at that and really turn our attention to that team, who are tracking pretty well with um, all their players on uh, on board now as well.
3: Brent, as you uh, look at the uh, style of play in the South's NBL this year, is it just me? I mean, I've watched quite a lot of it. Is there a greater focus on three-pointers these days as opposed to getting to the paint? Is that a fair assumption or not?
0: Well, it's simple math. Smithy, um, you know, three's worth more than two, um, and players are obviously developing that skill, so yeah, we're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league at the moment. Um, so obviously, it's, it, we're, we're doing okay without it. Um, but, you know, obviously it's a weapon. Um, I call the three-point shooter the guard's version of a dunk um, because it really, you know, punches people, you know, gives them a quick snap on the face um, on defence and you can get a you know, score in bunches if you're scoring from the three-point line. So really important that you, know, you negate that from other teams but you accentuate it with yourself. So, yeah, we continue to develop finding space on the on the on the three point one, 3 um, you know, and it's come from the old people sitting there and doing the metrics about um, what the best percentage shots are. So, yeah, there's certain places on the floor that you score more points from. It's kind of weird, like, uh, the left-hand corner is um, the highest points per percentage other than right by the hoop. What is that? Uh, most times it's um, basically receiving the ball from the right position, and it's also closer okay. to the hoop. Um, so, the, yeah, the corner... The corner three uh, is one where the people more like to knock that one down.
3: Okay, that's interesting. Um, look, Brent, uh, the league itself, um, the level of support for the league, I mean, basketball's on a high. It's a great time to be a basketball fan. NBA, of course, uh, NBL in Australia has just wound up um but it 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 appears the numbers are very very strong throughout the country you might have a um, an opinion on that as well but it just seems to me basketball has a real opportunity here um, with its level of support etc
0: yeah no it's growing i mean i think it's the biggest participation sport in in the country Uh, i think it's outstripped football and you know certainly obviously the numbers that play i mean they're going through the roof. Like the stadiums are full on Friday nights for school basketball. You know they're having to find extra space, building more courts, and so on. Um, and it's a game that, like, you know, you can play, you can do it by yourself. Um, so you can shoot hoops by yourself. You can play with another mate, one on one. You can play in groups of six, three on three, three three. You can, you know, and then you can have multiple numbers um, of games. You know, just within within basketball. And so it's a fun sport. Everybody can play it. It's indoors. Um, you know, play it throughout the year, and it's on television a lot. You know, as you said, the NBA, the AMBL, and now the Sales NBL as well. So you've got all of, all of this, I guess, promotion for the game, um, along with a great, a huge body of support from young people who are interested in it and you know follow it fervently. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool um, to be involved in that, I guess, wave that's going on right now.
3: Well, we're very proud of what you're doing, you and your squad, uh, on behalf of the company. I'm sure Hutchie is absolutely thrilled as well on the other side of the yeah. Tasman, uh, Brent. And that, as we all know, is a very important thing in life to keep the boss happy. Well done, mate. So far, oh, yes. good, good luck for the double. Good, good luck for the double header this weekend. Uh, we're following following you with a lot of interest. Thank you.
0: Yeah, cheers, matey, and we'll look to catch up soon.
3: Yeah, cheers. We will do certainly as uh, the win, win record goes keeps going and uh, our Senz Otago Nuggets keep forging their way to the top of the of the table and uh, the playoffs, uh, we'll be ringing Brent every day for a squad update. I can see that as uh, uh, on the cards. It's eleven sixteen here on Senz in the mornings. Time to uh, catch up with uh, one of the characters of Greyhound racing very shortly.
1: New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one
6: selling side by side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in our Te This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. It is uh,
3: That is eleven twenty one every Friday around this time we catch up with uh, a personality from the greyhound racing industry, and I'm very pleased to say our guest this morning is one Arch Lawrence. Uh, Arch is uh, a Waikato trainer. And he is regarded as the king of stayers. So uh, we'll find out a little bit more about Arch uh, as we talk to him now. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you very much for your time.
9: Yeah, morning. Not a problem.
3: Hey, Arch, uh, mostly when we talk to people involved in uh, the greyhound industry from a training perspective or a breeding perspective, it's very much a family thing. Is is that the the same with uh, the Lawrence clan? Yep,
9: 100%. Yep. who's,
3: Who's involved?
9: On well, myself uh, well basically just myself but my helpers are uh, my brother Ollie and my wife Gloria
3: okay so uh, Arch you um, are in the business of training predominantly well I won't say predominantly but you're known for training stayers so um, that of course is uh, up to distances of around what 770 plus metres
9: yes well 650 on 650
3: on, 650 on. so so, okay, so how do you go about how do you go about uh, training a stayer, a staying dog, as opposed to a sprint dog? Yeah, it's a lot different. You've
14: got to get a sprint dog fit,
9: you've got to get a stayer fit. Uh, generally, I rely mostly on the actual breed of the dog, whether the dog can stay or not. If they can stay, mm. you've only got to get them fit. You've only got to get them fit. Sure, we might put them over a little bit more ground uh, before a big race. Like I'll go 650 or 600
3: before I'm going into 700, but otherwise pretty much, pretty much the same. So you see uh, shots every now and then of, of dogs being trained, sprint dogs training, uh, and the, the lure is pulled along, obviously, and, you know, that's over a relatively short space and time, yes. etc. But with with the greyhound, with the staying ones, do you? I mean, does that just automatically just go for longer, that process? Is it, is it as simple as that?
9: Yeah, yeah, sure Yeah, just as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, fine. Because, right. Yeah. Yeah, because most of it's uh, in the breed of the dog. Like if it's bred to stay, that's your first, that's your first, <laughs> first
3: to get over. So uh, the, the good breeding, uh, the the good breeding for stayers is that New Zealand based, or do you import as such?
9: Um. Well, mine is New Zealand-based but imported uh, the, the size, like the straw, and imported straw from Australia. Um,
3: uh, you've my had best one, like, like, yeah.
9: Goes back 20 years.
3: Like my goes right back. Okay, so, 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 so you've be. had Dell and, and Little Teagan over the years. Um, um, <clears throat> tell us about the history of those two dogs in particular.
9: Uh well little Tegan, yeah. Um so that trace back to Lady Tian, she won a, a um a Wellington Cup when the track was going. And that that's the that's what I started with. Uh and I just uh well, read from her and then read my like, daughter and then I've read from Teagan, got little Tegan. And she was uh a litter of five and you just uh break them in and they um they tell you more or less straight away if they're gonna stay put them in their first race, you can see they've got that staying quality, the way they finish on at the end. That's basically it. Sandell, so b- yeah. Sandell? Yeah, Sandell. Sandel. Yeah, uh, well, she was uh, another another generation, but the same breed, going back to the same family. Uh, just different Sire, Magambo, you know, as an Australian import, Sire. So, and, you know, she, before she even went to the races, we could see that she had staying quality, just the way they run on. You know, even when you work them. Mm. Uh, Arch, uh, the big
3: target. Yeah. yeah, the big target, of course, is the uh, the silver collar, uh, the SNZ silver collar. It is this year, but just by the by. Uh, heat's coming up uh, Sunday, fifth of June. This is eighty thousand dollar final on the a week later on the twelfth. Uh, over the maximum distance of uh, seven seventy nine meters, you got some candidates for for this time round.
9: Yeah, I've got two. Um, they're probably not a little Teagan or a Chandel, but you know they're reasonably good sailors. Yeah, I've got two going in: uh, Little Teags and Chan Maria. Just on their names, you can see they came from those Chandel, Chan Maria, and Little Teaks from uh, Teagan.
3: We're hearing that uh, Australia sending a a representative over, a fairly serious one, and here's tears. Um, What what do you know about here's tears? Have you you seen it race at all? No, I
9: haven't. I'd be more worried about no keeper.
3: Okay, no keeper. Right, keep an eye out for that one there. (laughs)
9: Uh, Arch, uh, just just
3: on another, uh, you're a farmer as well, so how do you divide your time, mate?
9: Uh, Pretty simple now. I've, I've got a milker. So I mainly just right. do dogs and I loaf around and the milk it does of milking. Yeah.
3: Simple as that, eh? Yeah, I,
9: I, hey, well Yeah, yeah, I do, yep. yeah drink, drink coffee and you know, and then go out and see the dogs again and then come back and have another coffee. <laughs> pretty
3: good. <laughs> Sounds pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh hey, look, fantastic yeah. mate. We we'll look forward to those uh, representatives uh, in the S E N Z silver collar coming up. Not far away now, mate, yep. so that's uh, what, next Sunday and the following Sunday, and you could have an $80,000 uh, prize to celebrate. Good luck for that, eh?
9: <laughs> you, Yeah, good luck. I suppose you realise that uh, we won it by default one year with an Aussie dog come over and beat us. you remember that? Oh, I heard out? that.
3: Yeah, I did hear that, yeah. It'd be nice to win it outright, yeah. though, this time, wouldn't
9: it? Ah, oh yeah, such a... Always trying. <laughs>
3: always not. trying Arch, good, good on you man, thank okay. you very much, good luck with those, okay. go, those two dogs good. there uh, Arch Lawrence there, uh, farmer, well former farmer um, and now a coffee drinker, dog trainer, coffee drinker and a uh, real character there uh, as part of the staying side of things yeah. interesting to note just how they, they get the distance uh, into the dogs but just like horses I guess, um, more about the breeding than in anything else uh, look out for here's Tears, we're hearing as, uh, as well as it uh, has arrived in from Australia. Uh, two or three ticks uh, have come in here, yeah, Craig, wasn't easy, I've got to say. Um, Dalton, every day of the week, then Artie, Sam, Kane, a distant third of that. That's from Steve. Um, uh, Terry says, the biggest fast of the weekend would be if the force win... They would progress to the finals having only won four matches and lost ten. It is a strange competition, Terry, you're right, when you can do so poorly but still get to the business end of it. It's almost like you could save everything up uh, for one final run at it um, (coughs) without having to perform on a regular basis. Although, having said that, the Highlanders have been there or thereabouts in a lot of those games, haven't they? Jeremy says, uh, Hi, Smithy. My number seven is Kane as a jackler with Blackadder as an enforcer with Satutu as ball runner and link. Or, uh, Savia seven as a jackler, Papali'i at six as a defence, and Frazell at eight with a ball runner, link. Jeremy, some interesting combinations there, as opposed to individuals, just gone for the combos. Uh, Reese from Dunedin, Sam Kane at seven for mine, regardless of what people think of his current form, I don't think he's ever had a bad game in an all-black jersey, and he's our captain. Reese is big here, and Reese is from Dunedin, just by the by. You can't pick him one year, then for no reason not pick him in the next. Artie to stay at eight, and imagine bringing Dalton Popoliti off the bench against the tiring side. You could potentially start him at six. But three flankers in the starting lineup might be too predictable. We want depth. We've got depth. Bring on the Irish. Positive thoughts there from Reese. Uh, Dalton Poppoliti for the All Blacks jersey. Young, fit, strong, game smart, has led the Blues well this year. No doubt about that. Um, and so, yeah, it just goes on in, in terms of this debate. Um, just repeating that um, of the calls we had this morning, we gave the uh, $100 Chemist Warehouse voucher to Tully, uh, which uh, brings us on to the subject of giving things away. Uh, and it is uh, time to Stump Smithy, final time this week 0800 150 uh, you'll be uh, in line to win some sleep drops if you get questions, right in particular. Uh, and if you can stump me over the period of uh, time with three questions, then you actually uh, pick up also a $50 uh, bonus bet voucher from the TAB. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll have that. I'm not quite sure, who's, uh, fellas, have you sorted out who's running the cutter this morning? Are you making a... Uh, Joey, are you making a debut as I, Quizmaster? I am, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god Okay, well we wish everyone the best uh, Ringing in with this one as we go along uh, It's time in the meantime though As we get sorted out at this end uh, To hear from Araha with an update
5: Ian Smith's had a good match here Stumped by Smithy
9: Ian Smith really is top class at his job
15: Yeah, stumped by Smithy With special host Joe Bell. Okay, this is going to be an adventure isn't it Um... <laughs> Stun by smoothie, so up for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet, plus some sleep drops, daytime revive. They are New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. All right, joining us at the crease today is Ben. Ben, do you know how this works? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I know how it goes. Perfect. I'll just go through it for the people that don't uh, know it out there. This is how the game works. We have three categories to choose from today. If you get a question wrong, then it's over to Smithy for a chance to knock your bales off. Get one within the first two questions, and then it's on to the next caller in line. Get dismissed on the final question, and we jackpot tomorrow. Today's topics are UFC, baseball, and soccer football. What's your pick, Ben? Uh, I'll go
5: UFC. Ooh.
15: Excellent. Okay, here we go. Ben, first question. Who will Israel Adesanya fight in his middleweight title defense at UFC 276? Uh, Jared here That's a couple of chips down
6: the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes.
15: You would have got that one, Smithy
3: No. Not a chance in the world I mean, just just wrap it up Wrap up the voucher Wrap up the sleep drops Put a little red ribbon or pink (laughs) ribbon around them And send them straight down to Ben, will you? This is ridiculous (laughs) UFC Good God, man
15: Hey, good choice, Ben Nice stuff Um, All right. question number two Israel, Kierkegaard France And Aussie Alexander Vokunovsky Are all preparing for title fight under the same gym Name that gym
5: City kickboxing That's a couple of chips down the wicket, Right in the slot and where it goes
15: Oh smithy smithy I'm feeling I I think Ben's got this one Ben
3: Yeah and I'll tell you what You're enjoying your one and only appearance (laughs) As comp here as well So just carry on with Carry on with question three.
15: (laughs) No I'm having a great time Hey uh, Ben You feeling confident mate? Uh
5: kind of yeah
15: I am yeah Okay okay This one's a little tougher. The UFC was founded in 1993. In what year did Dana White become president? Oh, I
9: wouldn't have a clue.
15: Oh.
5: I'll take that and go. 2002. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
15: Wow.
3: Wow. Uh, Wow. So 1993, yeah, yeah. it became. Right, so yeah. I'm led, um, So Dana White wasn't the president from the outset.
15: No, he was not. No. Ah, right. Okay.
3: So, and if by the fact you said he was pretty close, there, uh, oh Ben, I'm. I'm going to go. He wasn't too far away. So, I'll say he was the president by the turn of the century. So I'm going to say 1999.
5: One of the worst things I
15: have ever seen done on a cricket (laughs) field Oh, smithy, smithy, smithy I think you overthought that (laughs) Um, okay (laughs) Thanks, coach Sorry, sorry, I'm I'm trying to pump you up Hey, you're you're getting close, you're really good at this Uh, Richie, Richie, you're up next
3: G'day Hold it What's going on? How does the game work? What's going on? Oh, we're going to have to explain this Now, we're going to have to give away two vouchers here Because I got it wrong too, so Ben won, right? Oh, right. Ben from Christchurch. This is why i would had my doubts about you taking over the ship here, Joey. But now, of course, we've got Richie from Upper Hutt, who who has has rung up as well. You've put him through, so now you have to find a question for Richie. Right. Just one of those. Point one. Okay. And 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 give him a chance. There you go. And if he wins, we've got to give him find another voucher from the TAB on your account, Joey. So here, off you go. <laughs>
15: okay. No, fair enough. Fair enough. That's on me. Hey, my bad, Richie. Oh. This is a freebie. Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you a soccer football one. Okay. Yep. Who is the incoming owner of Chelsea FC following the sale of the club? Well, you get to keep that voucher Yes <laughs> I'll be
3: eating tonight No I'm giving you I'll, No I'll give you a clue um, Just pick a Pick a baseball club In the United States And if you get the right one We'll give it to you How's that?
8: We'll go to the Red Sox
3: Oh unlucky It's uh, LA Dodgers I'm led to believe I've got a share in that So Richie You had a chance um, But unfortunately mate They didn't come through there Ben, I hope you're still on the line. Uh, Ben, I don't know. That's just an absolute schmuzzle, that. I I apologise for what happened there. But uh, you stay on the line, Ben. You have won a $50 voucher from the TAB. And um, you stay on the line. Brian will get your details. And you, Joey, you're sacked. You're absolutely (laughs) sacked as compere. I mean, that is just bizarre. It's 11.38 here on SENZ. We're going to return the show to some normality with Michael Guerin very shortly.
6: Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: And it is 11.44 and always at this time on a Friday We catch up uh, with our harness racing guru In fact racing across the board guru in uh, Michael Guerin Good morning to you uh, Michael And uh, tonight Alexandra Park and uh, Addington Timaru But tonight the big boys and girls come out to play at Alexandra Park
14: yeah, they
16: they I hope everybody's had a good start to their Friday. Yeah, Auckland Cup, like Smithy, which sounds really weird because it has been on New Year's Eve for the last decade or so, uh, restructured the harness
3: facing calendar and it ends up tonight. we the Auckland Cup. M- but can I just interrupt you for a second? We've got a terrible line, mate. I, I wonder if uh, uh, Brian can just call you back, um, uh, hang up and, and just call you back on that. So... Um, uh, Brian can you give us a thumbs up And see if we can, uh, I'll just waffle for a second Or two while we, we get that sorted um, We will actually uh, Yeah get back to Mike, Michael Gerran Because we need to know, in fact it's good to go now Michael sorry about that, uh, probably at, at our end uh, You're just talking about tonight The Auckland Cup and associated races
16: Look Smithy it's probably At my end because I'm technically in it So it's probably my fault <laughs> doesn't mind. The good news is, it is Auckland Cup night And as I said it has been on New Year's Eve for the last decade, and it's quite an unusual time to have it late May. Harness Racing New Zealand restructured really their calendar because they realised that through that autumn period, they get sort of a free run. There's not much other major racing in New Zealand this weekend. So tonight they have the $400,000 New Zealand Auckland Cup. That's at eight fifty four. And half an hour before 8.24, they had the $250,000 Road Cup. So it's really good, because people are busy on Friday nights. We realise that. But they have an opportunity here to tune in for half an hour to trackside uh, and watch both really big races with two great, great horses. One of them we know well on SENZ, that is Self Assured, the horse who won the race at Cambridge. He's very short to win the Auckland Cup tonight. He probably will win. And then the other one, Sunday Sun. Who's a horse we also love at SCN said he's very short to win the row Cup. Will they both win? Probably. So that's tonight at Alexandra Park. If you're looking for a little bet later on, punters in race nine, I like what's called a split bet where you' back two horses in one race and you get double your chances of winning. I like race nine, number seven, harder than Diamonds Smithy, with my split bet, so if you want to spend $20 on the race, and only bet responsibly, of course, you can put $10 on it, and $10 on number five, maybe a cocoa. Gives you two chances. Your return might be 60 bucks, or $45, and it'll pay for a few cappuccinos tomorrow morning. So that's what we're doing tonight, Smithy. Really good meeting there. There's lots of information about that on nzherald.co.nz. if you're looking for stories, or on the Harness Racing New Zealand website. Then tomorrow we have domestic racing at Pukekohe, which is our major meeting for the Gallops, but there's a whole bunch of really good horses from New Zealand Uh, racing in Brisbane, including good Group 1 chances. So from 8am tomorrow, myself and Louis Herman, what our host, on the mail run, we'll get to the bottom of that, and we'll try and find out the crucial track conditions, what it all means, how it's all going to play out. In Brisbane, where New Zealand horses are favourites to win a million dollar race, and a $700,000 race. So that'll be on tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock. We'll have heaps of information there. Then at 12 o'clock on Sunday, Trot's talk with Greg O'Connor and myself. We'll talk about Cup Night at Alexander Park, review it, find out some of the stories, and also preview one of the great races in the world, which is called the Elite Loppet, which is in Stockholm, Sweden, overnight on Sunday. Now, the TAB are going to be betting on that, And there's going to be live coverage for you insomniacs out there who love watching horses in the wee small hours. We know there's some of you around because you watch the cricket and the rugby in the wee small hours. Well, you can watch us too if you're that way inclined. We'll talk about that on Trots Talk on Sunday. So we have racing well and truly covered for the weekend, Smithy, with the Good Oil tomorrow afternoon too, the Good Oil Punter's Club. So... A bit of something for everybody on your racing weekend. We're talking Auckland, Brisbane, Pukakawi and a little bit of Sweden.
3: Sounds fantastic, Mike. You have a great weekend and uh, we'll catch up with you the same time next Friday. Go the Kiwis at uh, Eagle Farm, I say. Go the Kiwis. Uh, and, uh, at this stage, uh, we're looking at a better than normal track because they've had some terrible weather over there, haven't they?
16: It just hasn't stopped raining. But Eagle Farm's a very good drying track, and it was fine in Brisbane yesterday. It's fine there today. And the better right. the track, which is ironic, the more it will suit the Kiwis. It used to be we were the mark horses. Most of our mm. horses want a better track tomorrow, and it is heading that way. We'll have the final update on the track conditions tomorrow morning at 8.30 with Louie and either shows at 8.00. The track conditions will come out at 8.30.
3: Good on you Mick, uh, have a great weekend punt. You, well, Mike. my friend, um, all, the, all the best. It's 11.49 here on SENZ, uh, when we return I'll uh, read a couple of texts out, um, give you, uh, in fact, I'll give you the golf update now, Stephen Olker has finished his first round, he is 7 under, he is the clubhouse leader and this is in a major tournament, this is not just uh, your run of the mill, one every weekend, this is an absolute biggie, the senior PGA and our Stephen Olker Uh, is leading the field once again. What a phenomenal story. Uh, I feel another Stephen Elker interview coming on perhaps Tuesday or Wednesday next week if he can maintain this kind of form. This is big. This is very, very big. We'll be back shortly.
1: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real
14: peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.